Welcome, welcome your backup plan tribe to this week's show. Yes, another wonderful show that you are going to be blown away with. If you are new here, welcome. My name is Tina Ginn. I am Talking Taboo with Tina, brought to you by your Backup Plan app. We focus on real and raw conversations with our listeners about their journey from a life-changing event in their life. Yes, this is a very strange life-changing event that you won't expect so our title today is I'm Stuck in the Fancy Prison. Yeah, that's our new title for government bureaucracy at its best. Um, so what is your backup plan app exactly? Your backup plan app puts your life all in one place in case of any unpredictable circumstance while taking that painful aftermath out of the tragedy. What does that mean exactly? Well, one thing you can count on is that we're all going to die, get sick, get disabled, get injured, or lose everything in a disaster or a tragedy. So be prepared for the unexpected because it won't happen to me is just a Superman illusion because you are not Superman. Each and every one of us is not Superman. We all live complicated lives and we really need to be better prepared. Like the pandemic, like the wildfires that we've all experienced this year, flooding, storms, hurricanes, tornadoes, I could go on and on, the condo collapse in Florida, um, the volcanoes around the world also, crazy, crazy collapse of things, of highways, of landslides. It's a crazy, crazy world now with this new Omicron um, virus. I mean, it just keeps continuing. So be prepared for the unexpected. No time is better than today. Um, as the famous quote says of Mike Tyson, everyone has a plan until you get punched in the face. Isn't that the truth? you really quickly realize what it's like to be punched in the face. We have um, a new product that's launching the Emerging Blueprint that's going together with the app. And it's gonna be so spectacular once we get this launched. It will be a library of videos, of interviews, of attorneys, lawyers, agents, advisors around the world that can help you in any category. You can be sitting at the beach, you could be lying in bed, you could be sitting at the couch at your computer and watch a 15 or 20 minute video about getting better prepared for the unexpected. Um, we build a treasure chest uh, a full of legacies that you can leave behind for those that you love. You can understand what your coverages are. Geez, you know, I've been an insurance advisor for almost 20 years now. And I see clients that throw all of their paperwork down in front of me and say, we're covered. They have no clue of what they're covered for or how. So this is gonna be a better DIY project for each and every one of you to understand what it is that I have, understand how long it lasts, understand the what you're not covered for or what you are covered for. So um, getting back to our show, 
Um, I am an emergency preparedness coach, a best-selling author of In the Blink of an Eye. Yes, it happens that quickly, just like that. Uh, I'm a financial expert and an app developer of Your Backup Plan app. And I'm located here in beautiful Vancouver, BC. I'd like to welcome each and every one of you to our channel. If you are new here, I'm super happy to have you. And if you are a returning visitor, thank you for coming back to watch more of our wonderful real life stories. Um, I'd like to welcome United States and Canada and the UK for being our top listeners. Each one is slowly progressing. Uh, Germany is next. I'd like to welcome all my German listeners. Meine deutsche Freunde sind unserem Podcast willkommen. Wenn Sie Kommentar haben, können Sie gern Fragen stellen. Also danke für deine Freundschaft. Danke fürs Hören, meine Freund. Um, so let's get this party started. You know, I'm stuck in the fancy prison, um, and I want to bring on our wonderful, beautiful guest. Her name is Tina Fumo, and she's from beautiful Edmonton, Alberta, Canada another Canadian. Here we go. Hi, Tina. Hello, Tina. I guess we're not going to be forgetting each other's names, are we? <laughs> no, not at all. So I wanted to uh, give a wonderful invite to Tina here from Edmonton today. Uh, I found this wonderful quote, victory is always possible for the person who refuses to stop fighting. And that's Napoleon Hill brought that quote to us, and I can see Tina in that whole spectrum totally fighting. Um, our show starts out with an interview with a beautiful woman, grandmother, mother, and wife to do what's right in a situation that seems to end always in heartache. So welcome, welcome to our show, Tina. Um, where did this all start for you? It started... Four years ago, in uh, almost five years ago now, in uh, 2017, I tell people that was the best and the worst year of my life. It was the best year because I became a grandma. My granddaughter was born um, in the month of February. And I, I, becoming a grandmother was not at all what I thought it was going to be. What I chronicle in my book, Fancy Prison, is the ordeal that happened when she was a newborn baby. I basically had to drop my life to go to the small town in British Columbia where she was born and, and help my daughter get back a baby who already belonged to her. So, the, so my book starts off with me driving through this storm and it was at the advice of our longtime friend and she ended up becoming our advocate. Her name's Suzanne. My daughter wanted her there for the birth of her baby because Suzanne studied midwifery. She's actually there in Vancouver with you. And the night my granddaughter was born, Suzanne was the first person I spoke to because my daughter, of course, was in the throes of labor. And after she gave birth to the baby, she, Suzanne, I spoke to Suzanne and she said, Tina, she's beautiful. It's a little girl. She's beautiful. Everything's beautiful here. It's wonderful. What Suzanne didn't tell me that night was that Social services had been, or social workers had been 
uh, called about my daughter in the last month of her pregnancy. What Suzanne didn't tell me was that there had been um, birth alerts, and I explain what those are in my book. What she didn't tell me was that when my grandbaby was born, the first words out of my daughter's mouth were, please don't take my baby. That's how incredibly stressed and confused and shattered my daughter was that CPS had been called on her with a complaint and she was so scared that her baby was going to be taken away the moment she was born. Wow. Yeah, so I'm driving through this blizzard, heeding Suzanne's advice, because she stayed with my daughter throughout the first few days of the baby's uh, life. And then she had to return back to Vancouver just briefly, she had to tie up some things with work and stuff like that. And then she turned around, came right back. And when my to be again with my daughter. And when my grandbaby was 10 days old, Suzanne called me and she had to alert me about the situation with CPS. She said, and in uh, British Columbia, CPS is called MCFD. So I'm just going to call them MCFD from now on. It stands, the acronym means Ministry of Child and Family Development. So she phoned me when the baby was 10 days old and she said, Tina, get here now. In my experience, it's a lot more difficult to get a child out of foster care than for you to come here now, assert your rights as a grandparent and prevent her from going into foster care in the first place. And I'm like, what are you talking about? She goes, there's more good than bad going on right now, but MCFD is only focusing on the bad, okay? I mean, the baby's only 10 days old. So, you know, obviously they haven't really given my daughter much of a chance. So that's what I did. My book starts off with me driving through a blizzard in March and two days after this call. And then two and then two days after I arrived there, they took the baby anyway. And what I what we went through was I just got to look into a system that, you know, is it broken beyond repair? Probably, yeah. Like, I, I just don't even know. There's just so many criticisms of it. I make a start in maybe talking about and pushing through some uncomfortable conversations about what could possibly, what we can do to start making, um, looking at solutions about this system. But, yeah, it they was... Can just, uh, they can just make a judgment call, can they, Tina? Well... That, from what basis can they make judgment calls? Well, they, uh, they, I felt very judged from the minute I got there and I felt very judged. They treated me like I'd raised this piece of crap daughter, which I hadn't, and I'd raised my daughter as best I could, much like any parent. And I think when I arrived there, they, like, we think the original complaint, because they're not very clear about anything at all. Like they really exploit the level of confusion and they exploit their powers to take the child, not so much them having any legitimate or legal reason to do so. So I'm going to stop you for a second then. Mm -hmm. So what they could actually do is someone could make a complaint and have no basis for it at all and create this huge whirlwind of a problem. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, we we think that 
the call about my daughter came from someone who was living upstairs in the same building where in the same house where she was. And the complaint was that my daughter was a meth head. Okay. So they coerced a signature out of my daughter, which again is another issue. They coerced a signature, got into her medical records, got her, we suspect they got the pH uh, samples from her urine strips when the doctor tests for the pH in the last uh, two two to three month last trimester of pregnancy. Right. We suspect that they got the pH strips and they were coming back clean. After the baby was born, they tested the umbilical cord clean again. Like, There's no math. And plus the fact that my daughter is saying to the social workers, I don't use meth. I never have. I never will. Like it's just you know, they, so they were just dismissive about it because, as I say in my book, like Friday comes Friday, there's a very systematic way that they um, just keep changing the reasons why they want to keep the child, take the child, or keep the child in the system. Right. And so when I got there, they were actually sending out the placenta samples to be tested. And Excuse me. So my, you know, I mean, how do, how much into someone's, how invasive are you allowed to be into someone's body and getting these physical mm -hmm. samples? And, and, and we're not allowed to present anything. You're not listening to us. You're not even uh, acknowledging or giving us the dignity of our human rights and our parental rights. And, and it's so yeah, like I mean, a prison. Oh, really? Well, yeah. I mean, hence my, hence the title of my book, but on that, on that note, Tina, so what happens in some of these cases is that people, if people are getting a divorce and they'll, they'll call child protective services on a spouse if they're angry about them and, and cause all this, all these problems, even if the complaint isn't true, it gives mm -hmm. them a reason to knock on, on the door. And I think in my daughter's case, what they did was they're supposed to, I think it's a 30, they have 30 days to um, assess to see if there's, if it's warranted, you know, to do an investigation or whatever it is that they're supposed to be doing. So, and I think in my daughter's case, rather than actually use that 30 days to actually see if the complaint is true, because clearly it wasn't true, right. but clearly they kept wanting to find something, something. on my daughter. That, but I think that what they do is they use that 30 days to assess how poor my daughter was, how alone, how isolated, if she's got family, what kind of a support system is she has it all, to find out how exploitable she is and how uh, how easy it would be to take her baby and then just leave her, like, and in my opinion, calling in a ministry of child and family development is a joke because they don't care. Like they just did not, they did not care what it would do to take a newborn baby from her mother. They just didn't care about my daughter at all. That's so, uh, actually quite a horrific feeling for a mother to have that taken away from I'm very, her. I'm very proud of my daughter that she was able to show the strength and the resilience and the restraint that she did. Because I know in my mind, uh, and I do mention this in my book, by the time we were, by the time they were you regurgitating the same complaints about my daughter five times, not once, not twice, not five <laughs> times in court, 
okay? And we still haven't had a chance to present any evidence on our side five times. I was just ready to gouge the social worker's eyes out, okay? Like I had had enough, enough of these people. Like it was just... It was just beyond ridiculous. And I don't mind saying, Tina, like, I, how is this Canada? Like, how can this be happening in a country like Canada? We're supposed to be an educated, civilized country. How are innocent children being taken from their parents for the stupidest of reasons? And be a lot, and very, it's very systematic, very routine, and it's incredibly one sided because they, yeah. the government has, Deep pockets they can just yep yeah, sure we can drag it out and we can pay for lawyers and keep going and going and going but they made a mistake in our place in our case because i i did have resources i it wasn't much i did have some money but but you have to pay for your own lawyer and everything too then well it's it's not so much that we could afford to pay for a lawyer because I don't think in our case it would have mattered anyway. I think they would have taken the baby anyway. And I explained that a little bit more in my book, just based on their behavior. Right. It just wasn't making any sense. But I think what they're able to do is put uh, some obstacles in front of families that make it difficult to navigate through the system for weeks and weeks and months without it like without an income so in our example for our case what i did was i signed a tco and a supervision order so that meant that i couldn't leave my daughter alone with her her newborn baby and the tco was i took temporary custody of my granddaughter which was fine i did it because we just needed to deal with the situation right but that's very costly because the opportunity, so not only did it cost me my life savings to just deal with these court orders and these and MCFD, it's the opportunity cost because I couldn't work. I couldn't go. I wasn't about to leave my daughter alone with the baby because then, right. you know, if they would have would found her, they, they, would shoot, they would just, we would be in breach and they would take the baby again. So I did not let my granddaughter out of my sight for six months. Like that's basically what it was. And, um, yeah, I, I mean, that so was, we're uh, out of all of this, Tina. Where is the dad? He he died. Yeah. If that wasn't if if there wasn't enough stress and confusion, he died through within the first month of the child being born. Oh, really? And as awful as this is to say, and it's really awful to say this, but him dying actually helped our case because the social workers often what they'll do is they'll pit one parent against each other. And then in the confusion, because that causes even more confusion, they'll be like, aha, you know, you don't have a stable home and blah, 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 and use all that. And then again, it's not in the best interest of the child. How is this in the best interest of the child? Keeping the parents at odds with each other, ignoring right. the input of grandparents, dragging or, things or out sisters or brothers and, or, or whoever like working mm -hmm. you're you know working with the family and i call bs on that policy in my book because it's like i i saw no evidence of it how they are supposed to work with families didn't see it at all not in our case if anything i saw the exact opposite they intentionally caused discourse and problems yeah so um, to interject in your story, because it probably is a good spot. Sorry, Tina, you're cutting out a little bit. Uh, can you repeat yeah, that? 
So I'm going to break up the story just for a second. It seems like in your story where your daughter is alive and well, that they can still do what they want to as the government. But when someone passes away without a will, the exact same situation occurs where the government can step in and take or remove a child or children and not look at the family situation or who could the grandparents could look after the children. So it's, it's like it's um, a mirrored situation whether or not the family is there or not there. So we lost Tina for a second, but she's coming back in. Um, so I just want to, uh, as Tina stopped her story for a second, look at the situation where Tina was stuck with her daughter still alive, still capable, still wanting to look after her own baby. And there's such a problem with the system, and it's not just Canada. I'm sure it's it's in every country, um, the bureaucracy uh, around what is true and what isn't true, um, and the investigation process of different countries and different states and different provinces. But when someone dies without a will, it's exact same situation because the government steps in and decides to put the children into foster care instead of perhaps with the grandparents or with a brother or sister or a family member or even a close friend um, that had that close relationship with the children before the situation occurred. So I just wanted to bring that up while Tina was still trying to come on. Her internet today seemed to be um, uh, uh, having difficulties, so she'll be coming back in as soon as she uh, turns her computer off and back on again. We had the same problem right before our show started, but I'm not sure if there's something going retrograde today or what, but this the, the internet's kind of funny today. I don't know if anybody else is experiencing issues. So... I wanted to stop Tina in the discussion for just a quick second because having a will and your power of attorney and a living will is super, super important, even when you have very little. And I want to say that because a lot of parents try to stop their process of getting a will because they don't know who to choose in um, when they die to who will get the children. And it and it stops getting them a will altogether instead of just picking someone for the time period and change it later. Change it after you think about it some more. But at least have someone because when that occurs, the government steps in and then changes and makes all their own decisions whether you like it or not. So... Um, with Tina's discussion about um, trying to bring this child back into their family, even after this issue of, um, you know, whether or not she's capable and whether they see she's capable or not of looking after a baby, it's 
it's very um, one-sided and you have to go to court and you have to prove and you have to show and it's just a big huge headache that you do not need before or after a death so because it's a tragedy already and why have to fight about who deserves or who you want your children to be with so as we wait for tina to come back in um, it's a very interesting story because we realize how broken our system is in realizing the truth about situations and understanding why um, why perhaps that that you're being put into all of this you know in her situation the father passes away the daughter's left on her own and someone could possibly make some sort of remark and then create this chaos amongst her life and um and having to fight for children that you deserve to have without fighting doesn't make any sense to me so um i want to thank tina for her wonderful story because um which we're going to talk about how to get um i'll put the link down below in the description box about uh, for anybody who wants to order fancy prison her new um, best-selling book that you know that maybe could open up a few eyes to our broken system that we do have and how we could help each other by getting better prepared um, you know we don't know how to be better prepared sometimes sometimes we think well yeah we we need a will but that's about as far as we think we don't realize about all the other things that would be helpful in a situation if you were injured and the person was in a coma or couldn't talk or with covid or lost everything in a wildfire or a flood what were your keepsakes that we can think about now what were the pictures for insurance purposes because we put that into the app? What were the, uh, you know, so that you can bring that type of thing to your insurance claims and have it easily um, in front of them so there's no problems. What were your insurance papers like? Were they, um, do you even know what you had? Um, do you know what you deserve? Do you know how to make a claim? Um, these kinds of things are all put into the app so that you can do it ahead of time. Isn't that funny how we could do something ahead of time? You know, when when we have these floods, I, I get such a kick out of how a lot of these ministries, Ministry of Highways, uh, Ministry of Weather and Government Purposes, countries, provinces, states, and how they all say after, gee, I didn't think it was that big, or we've never experienced something that big, so we could um, have a handle on it. It's it's too late after the fact. So here's Tina. We're back. Here we go. Hello, Tina. I sorry, don't know what happened. It dropped That's dropped a, the dropped the internet connection. It, you said that you've had pro yeah, you said yeah. you've had problems with Edmonton before. So absolutely. Oh, well. 
Can't change so, where I live. <laughs> no, <laughs> not anytime soon anyways. But um, I just quickly talked about the situation if someone passes away and how the children can be put into the government system. And it's so hard to get them out of that once they get put in. And we don't need more of a headache put on us after someone passed. No, not at all. No. And I, I mean, in like, so in our so, situation, uh, as your story we, continues. Yeah. In our situation, uh, like I said, the father passed away. So it would stand to reason that they would just automatically try to work with me as the maternal grandparent. And again, yeah. I saw no evidence of that. Like, for example, they, I don't, I can't remember if I put this in my book or not, um, because of the editing process. I, I did have to, I had to clean up some of the details because it was just, there was just so much so coming much. at us. Yeah. yeah. But there was a time. So there's a social worker that I name her in my book. I call her winky face Kathy because she had a prolific use of winky faces to my daughter and the, the text to my daughter. So that's how unprofessional they are. And she came, so when the, after the, they realized, like, the dad died. So, you know, that's kind of a major thing. Yeah. Uh, I think the week of his funeral, because, and my daughter didn't go to the funeral. So she had to sort of grieve his death in a whole different way, because she was dealing with social workers taking her baby. So she couldn't allow herself that to grieve the loss of the baby's dad. That's so crazy to have yeah. no compassion. Oh. Like there's no compassion. Like there's just this ice cold line of Yeah. There's people. two there's two rabbit holes I don't go down in my book. One is the level of cruelty and the other is hatred. But I'll have to come back to those. So I just want to tell you this story because it, it's pretty relevant to mm -hmm. um how like they just made the rules up as they go along so after the father died they winky face kathy came to our hotel room and she actually um offered to give custody back to my daughter of her baby and and my daughter sort of she kind of perked up in her bed and like oh like, oh okay yeah i want that and i'm like wait a second think this through because I could not believe it. I mean, what? Like just two weeks ago, you took the baby, you put on court documents that my daughter is apparently not willing to care for her child. And now you're willing to give custody back to her. Like what a roller yeah, coaster. Something like, weird there. There's just no, there's no sense. So I said to my daughter, think this through, think this through. Think. And then I'm like, no, we will consider joint custody and that is it, okay? Because I know exactly what they were trying to do. They wanted me to think, oh, okay, everything's fine. You know, she got her baby back. And then for me to go back home to Edmonton, it's like, ah, no, I'm not going anywhere. And we, the only thing that you guys started this, you took the baby, so you get to deal, clean up the mess that you made. Joint custody and that's it. And and to make sure that I got my point across to her was I got on, right on the phone with the lawyer and I made him aware of this latest development that they're you know willing to give custody back to the mother and mm -hmm. we will consider joint custody and that's it. Yeah. So that's just one example of what, you know, some the of the... 
Yeah, they, it was. It was just a game to them. You know, they didn't care. Like, it's just, yeah. So what happened after she got joint custody? We didn't get joint custody. That was oh. just a ploy on their part to get rid of oh. me. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm not going anywhere. And I'm and I'm sure by the end of it, by the time baby the baby was seven months old, we finally got a judge who had half a brain and who put an end to it. But that was all us. We had to force the issue every single step of the way because they kept their it's very routine how they go about taking the child. Well, the, the initial call might not be routine, but then once they get the child into the system and once they haul parents into court, it's fairly routine how they can just coast and then they'll insert the reason. Oh, okay. Like, Oh, well, we're four months into this. Okay. Now we get to insert this reason with absolutely no objectivity, no compassion, nothing at all. Like it, it, so it's like they have this policy guide where they look at month, 30 days, two months, three months, and what they can do and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's like this Bible that they have. <laughs> it's I, I wouldn't call it a Bible. I'd call it a playbook. Like it's some kind of scrimmage playbook but that they go by. And, and these yeah. are the plays that generally gets them the most wins. Like I said, in our case, they lost because we had enough resources and enough tenacity and luck and, and people. We had, like, we were just lucky. We had the right people come, excuse me, come into our lives at the right time and give us the right advice right when we needed it. Like, I just, and mm -hmm. I, I can't help but think that we, we had God on our side because there was some kind of divine intervention in, intervention happening. And actually what I do say in my book is that I had a very powerful spiritual connection with my granddaughter. And I think she's the one who was calling the shots like this. No, this is my destiny, Grammy. You and mommy are going to get me back because she was not going to be growing up in this you know, a little town in BC where my daughter just, she just was not thriving there at all. And now what was the foster Edmonton. system like? They live very close to us. Oh, nice. Five minutes away. And my grand. Uh oh. I do have routines with her and she's just, she's just. Nice. A usual life <laughs> style. She's just, she's just the best. She's, the apple, you know, she's the light of our life. She really is. She's such a great kid. Oh, this connection is just being so difficult today, isn't it, Tina? It is. How's your daughter doing? This connection, uh -oh. uh, this connection is being really difficult today, isn't it? You're back. Yeah, it's you go fit, you go in and out. How's your daughter doing now? Uh oh, we lost her again. <laughs> We're not doing too well with Edmonton today. Edmonton, are you listening? Fix your internet. <laughs> oh my goodness. You think that maybe it's too cold there or something. <laughs> Poor Tina. She just keeps coming on and off, on and off. And, um, and then you have to listen to me. Imagine that. So, 
Um, I'm sure we're going to be ending it very, very quickly um, anyways. Um, but because I really wanted to kind of find out what was the end result like of, of this story since they work so hard at this journey. And um, I'm looking forward to hearing the, the end of the story. So hopefully Tina can come back on in, in just a few minutes here. Um, sorry, listeners, uh, sometimes we do have internet issues, of course. And, um, and Edmonton seems to be the hot spot for that problem. I'm not sure why that is, but maybe it's just too cold today. It doesn't like it. Um, I hope everybody is uh, safe and sound where you are. I understand that the pandemic has changed things a little bit for, for everybody around the holiday time. And uh, moving forward, we're hoping to keep a handle on the amount of people that are going in ICU in the hospitals. And we, you know, I, I can't say it enough to download the app and just start the process, you know, bite a, bite a category a month. Um, what bills do you need to pay in case something happened to you? Um, you can easily put down a list of, of just the regular electricity bill, the mortgage payment, the, the rent payment, the wh whatever it might be. And so that someone else knows how to look after your life as you are sitting in a hospital bed recovering without the hassle of the headache. Um, so we can also be better prepared with knowing where our gas shutoff valves are and our water shutoff valves so that in case of a tragedy, a flood or a wildfire or a hurricane or tornado that we understand where to do those shutoffs so that we can better, you know, our house isn't going to blow up or it's not going to create a leak or it's not going to create other problems. It's always good to know. Having an emergency kit in case of uh, a problem and you can download the app and it's all on there just like a grocery list for you. Um, now we're talking about holidays and that sort of shines into January and February as well. And with our app, we uh, the blueprint is going to be coming out launching. We are going to have some beautiful worksheets, family conversation worksheets in that, where you can have a glass of wine, sit down with your family or friends for that matter, or spouse or partner, and really have a family conversation about what do they want things to look like? What do they want to have happen? What happens if, um, you know, your thought processes with dementia or Alzheimer's or a brain injury occurs? What do you want your life to look like? Do you want to go into home? Do you want to, what are your wishes? What do you want for a funeral? What do you want for all of these types of taboo subjects that we do not want to talk about. But, you know, we just put out some appies, have a glass of wine or some coffee, some nice Baileys or something, and have that chat, have that family conversation, click, tick the boxes on the worksheet, write some notes, and then you can put it into the app after 
And that's perfect because then everybody knows brothers, sisters, aunts, uncles, if the time comes and everybody's arguing about what you actually wanted, it's there and no one can argue about it. So that's a beautiful, beautiful thing in my, in my mind, especially around Christmas time, especially around the holidays, because it brings um, up family. It brings up um, uh, wanting to be together. It, of course, the pandemic has all, also done this to us as well, but it, it wants us to be together and have things that are um, harmonious instead of families fighting and arguing, well, he wanted this. No, he wanted that. No, he did this. And we're going to fight over a cup and saucer or a watch, a, a Timex watch or something, things that don't even matter. So it's nice to have this uh, ahead of time. So here comes Tina. We get back onto our story so we can find the end. Yay. Okay. <laughs> We're waiting for the end of the story. <laughs> well, the, well, the end of the story is that we, we had a happy ending. We got our baby back, uh, but I got a look into a system that it just, we, we need to start asking the right questions. So, so I do talk about Suzanne who and the backstory on her and how she was uh, able to be such a tremendous advocate for us because I like I think for if we didn't have her, our outcome might not have been so great. And then I talk about another mom that we helped and she had a happy ending. She did eventually get her children back after a year and a half. Um, but I'm just going to show you the cover show the book. The yes. Book. Yeah. So there do you go. see this? Do you see this beautiful, beautiful baby that I dedicate a chapter in my book about her? Her name is Delana Sullivan. And her story, if Canadians do nothing else, they need to they need to know this story because what happened to Delana and her mother Jamie and her grandmother Marilyn, all they have now is a grave to go to. And I like I know Canadians, as we reflect on this year, we are become Canadians are are becoming more aware of, you know, the Indian residential schools and how they're finding unmarked graves at the at the what were you know known schools schools the the story of delana sullivan i won't get into detail because i'll start crying and and i i do outline it in my book but i did after i read the wrote the book i did go to delana's grave and they live in a small town outside of edmonton the graveyard was on this rural road and if we don't start doing something about this system there are going to be more children like Delana who die in foster care and are buried in marked graves in unmarked cemeteries across this country I, I again I, I I could go on I could probably write a book on Delana Sullivan and her family and what they went through but it wouldn't bring this you know beautiful little baby back right and yeah, we, I mean, we need to start And it's asking. still happening. And it's not it's years ago, right? No, Delana was 10 years ago. Actually, she would have been 11 uh, a couple of weeks ago. She would have turned 11. 
But my granddaughter was just a few years ago, just 2017. Yeah. It, it still happens now. All people have to do is Google uh, child protection. And there's lots of Facebook groups. Some of them won't let you in because they, you know, they fear of being stalked by social workers. But I know that a lot of the Facebook groups that I joined when we started, we just listened to uh, other stories and we realized that we weren't alone in our struggle and going up against the system. Mm -hmm. And like, for example, I don't think I ever really used or understood the term gaslighting as much as I did in 2017. That for me, well, like I said, it was the best and worst year of my life. The best because I became a grandma, but the worst because I understood what gaslighting was. That's, that's Do you want to how, tell people what gaslighting is? Gaslighting, I guess it's like you're made to feel like you're insane because it's 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 a very skilled form of manipulation, manipulation in a relationship. And it's, they don't, yeah, so they're very narcissistic and it's all about them. And then they're, they put all the blame on you to the point where you're you're thinking am i crazy am i understanding and the level of confusion that they use so it's confusing confusion 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 and then they'll throw in one element of one truth just to further confuse you <laughs> and then confusion 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 so it's just yeah i i mean i guess there's different interpretations of gaslighting but for me that was it it was yes, dealing with dealing with mcfd became synonymous with gaslighting yeah <laughs> so so anyway i better uh, just mention how to find me or my book uh, before yes. it cuts out again so in the i think in the chat box i put down there um like fancy prison so google fancy prison by tina fumo and what comes up is the amazon link and a link to my social media accounts and then it'll, it'll link back to podcasts like this as well but be specific put my name in there because if you google just fancy prison you're going to come up with guys in orange suits and you know serving out country club sentences at these fancy prisons which is not what my book is about it's my not book a resort about, <laughs> no my book is about mcfd the ministry of child and family development and the case of Delana, she was here in alberta but this is a problem across canada it's a problem in the states the uk Australia, a lot of these Commonwealth countries uh, seem to have problems with the child protective system. And it's the funding model that needs to, we need to start asking the right questions about how these systems are funded, because there's no money for prevention at all. Yeah, and no money for proper training, probably either in the system. Yeah, and no policy money. policy revision. No money for, the, the incentive is to take the child and put them in, the foster care system and then that's when the money starts being like that's because the funding follows the child so that's when the money starts flowing in um but yeah, yeah there 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 just seems to be no no funding no model no incentive to actually work with the family work so and i family. don't know why that is like i don't have i don't have answers but we need to start asking the right questions and i guarantee you, these are these are not going to be pleasant conversations i mean people uh, mcfd yeah. not starts to need to be held accountable for what they are doing because in my opinion social 
social services was also always to me supposed to do good, like help children yeah. who really, really needed help. But the level and the quantity of that they're taking children out right now and sticking them into foster care and then just moving on to the next child, it, there can't be that many bad parents who are ready to kill their children in Canada. There just can't be like, there's thousands, if not tens of thousands of families. I think, you know, family, parents generally love their children. They might be experiencing challenges. They might be experiencing, they need treatment maybe for addiction. They need uh, training, better or relationships skills. or in relationships. Exactly. And, and that being said too, parenting is a skill. I mean, you don't come home from the hospital and instantly know how to be your parent. It takes time, you know, and I, it's th just, I thought they gave us a book. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> there's a test and you can, you, and you can get a plus on it, you know, <laughs> page 46. Oh yeah. Okay. I can do this. Okay. And, and social workers will never come into your life ever, you know, <laughs> So what do you have to say to people that if you were a grandmother and God forbid that you lost your daughter or son, I'm just saying for somebody, and they had children without a will, can you imagine the issues that we would face? Yeah. I, whatever you can do in your life to prepare and prevent government from coming in and calling the shots on your family do it like just do it uh, one of the things i wish i had done and i i mentioned it in my book but i wish i had just paid out of pocket and gotten a lawyer right from the i should have never met mcfd without a lawyer from the very right. beginning and maybe maybe it would have got them to back off but there was something that was driving them some kind of incentive that they they weren't being very clear with me, which caused them to do what they did in our case, which was take a um, healthy child, a beautiful child who was mine. She, she's my grandbaby yeah. and put her into foster care. And I hadn't done anything wrong. So that, and that's another thing too, is like, why are you investigating me? I have no criminal record, no drugs, yeah. no alcohol, nothing. I haven't done anything wrong here. Why am I being investigated? You're just a grandparent. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I just showed up and wanted to like find out what the heck was going on. So, I mean, Canadian, we need to understand that you can't, don't, government should not have be allowed to have that kind of power to come into my life and, and investigate me for what, for being a grandma? Like that, this is ridiculous, you know? And yeah. And so even through our battle and we won, I, I still have no recourse. Like I still can't say like, look at, I want my money back. Okay. Because, because what you find out in the end of my book is absolutely shocking. It's like, do you, did you ever follow the Katniss, uh, the hunger games or whatever? Yeah. How, how Katniss at the beginning, she goes into the hunger games to prevent her sister from going in and then at the very end her sister dies anyway yeah so when you read my book at the very end you're like what you know like after everything that we went through and that yeah oh anyway so tell us just, about how wonderful it is now though oh she's just she's the best she's the best she's the best we just we can't even Suzanne says it best Suzanne says it's like our lives we're just we were just waiting for that missing piece of the puzzle to come in and she was she completed our lives you know because Suzanne's like yeah Suzanne's like the Oma and 
And, uh, you know, even though she's not family, she became family. And ah, even sure. though, yeah, even though my husband, he's not the biological grandpapa, he, I got to see him bond with the baby when we got her back from BC. And yeah, it's, yeah. And your daughter's on the straight she's, and narrow now. To, she's always to fine. She always has having been a fine. beautiful life. Yeah, she always has been fine. She was just in the wrong town. Like she just did not, she wasn't doing well there at all. And she wasn't thriving. And that's another complaint about the system too. I think a lot of times that it just gives people enough to survive, but there's there's nothing in there to help them thrive. And I think that if parent, if we want to start tackling some of the big issues that we have out there, and again, I don't have all the solutions. I mean, come on, that's like, that's too much responsibility, but let's yeah. try to help people thrive. And even I think in that quest of helping people thrive, not just survive, but thrive, then right. the, we will make this country, this continent, this world, a better place, you know, because there's, there's always, anyway, I'll go on. I could go on about my philosophies, but I don't want to cut out again. <laughs> so what would you have for a final note for our listeners after all you've been through? Well, I I, uh, I have to check out your backup plan because I need to redo my will. And that's, my will was done, oh, I don't know, a decade ago before my grandbaby came along. And your before, new addition. Yeah, our new addition, yeah. And, oh, we're starting to cut out again here. So, but yeah, I, I need to check out because I need to sort of tweak my will and, and do some of, some of these applications on your backup plan, which I uh, I started to take a look at. But I, can you still hear me, Tina? I, I can. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you're I, yeah I, I don't know if you're ready to wrap it up, but I know that you always do the Carol Burnett. I have a fun I fact do. about that. I do. And you I can have, even do it with me if you want. Well, I have a fun fact about that because she, I'm old, old enough, of course, to have remembered the Carol Burnett show. But whenever she said, I'm not going to sing, you can sing. But whenever she used to do this, it was because she wasn't allowed to, after every show, she wasn't allowed to give a shout out to her mom. So, or her grandma, I can't remember if it was her mom it or It was her, her symbol. It was her what, sorry? Her symbol. Her, so yeah, she couldn't verbally say, you know, hi mom or hi grandma. So she's always said to them, I will do this after each show. And that's my sign to you that I love you. Okay. <laughs> well, that's so sweet. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you, Tina, for, you know, everything. I hope that you've opened up people's eyes to, to this whole issue that we have around us right now yeah, that we're yeah. truly not aware of. And I hope that people buy your book to, you know, have a good read of, of our bureaucracy and of our trial and errors that we're all dealt with sometimes. Yeah. You know, it yeah. could be a car accident. It could be all sorts of things that create this, this world of, uh, it's like a whirlwind that you have to deal with. No, the paper tornado. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I hope that, you know, that I hope that we've triggered something with everybody. Um, so stay tuned for our next podcast and live streams. Um, Tina's going to stay right here with us until we click off. I have great conversations with some of the most interesting and accomplished um, people in the world today, just like Tina here, who's brought us to a whole other level of understanding 
what can happen in people's lives. I hope we've inspired you and motivated you to start thinking about your unique plan because, hey, let's face it, nobody's Superman or Spider-Man. Um, so expect the unexpected. And if you are thinking about someone right now in your mind watching the show that you haven't spoken to for a while, please reach out to them, call them, talk to them, FaceTime them, Zoom them, do whatever it takes and tell them how much you love them today because you don't know what tomorrow will bring. Um, we were all on all podcast platforms. You can find us on YouTube, Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, uh, TikTok, Twitter. Did I say them all? Um, and much, much more, I'm sure, that you can find me and you can find your backup plan everywhere that um, you type in. It will be there for you. So click on that bell if you haven't already. I have to get my hand out because right down here is the bell and subscribe button for you guys to subscribe to our channel and ring that bell. I always say ring my bell, ring my bell down below, down there somewhere. So if you don't know that it's there, there's a bell right before the beside the subscribe button for your channel. So you can be notified because if you found us, you're here for a reason. And I hope you like, share, and subscribe to our channel. And so thank you for coming on our show and listening. And I always end, like Tina said, with Carol Burnett. I'm so glad we had this time together just to have a laugh or sing a song. Seems we just get started. And before you know it, comes the time we have to say so long. So long, everybody. Be kind, stay safe, especially over the holidays, especially um, expect the unexpected. Thanks, everybody. Lots of love. Thank you, Tina. <laughs>